Just win, baby. That's the only message I got for y'all. Let's do it. We got to up the standard, and the standard is going to be set. It's unnecessary roughness. Crowd into it. Wilson lifts the right leg, gets the ball. They bring the blitz off the edge, and they got to him. Nate Hobbs coming around the left side, circled Wilson to the turf back at the 34. And the silver and black going to get off the field. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we go, kicking off hour number three of the show. You're here, Marcus Peters. Just win, baby. The standard is set. We've heard that before from free agents that the Raiders have brought in. But I really believe that Marcus Peters has a little something in his neck and has a little bit of an agenda to try to set that standard. And you know what? I'll say this. Someone needs to. Someone needs to set the standard. So I don't care if it's a 30-year-old, 9-year vet in the league. I don't care if it's him. I don't care if it's a guy like a, a Tyree Wilson or a guy like, uh, you know, a, a Jacorian Bennett or a guy like a Michael Mayer. I, I don't care who it is. Someone needs to come in with a little something in their neck and say the standard is set. The standard is not acceptable, and it's going to be different moving forward. I don't care who you are. And I don't care, if, 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 you know, it, it could be Max Crosby because he is that dude. I believe that he's definitely saying that right now. I believe he's definitely that cat. I believe Devontae Adams will say it as well. Josh Jacobs, when he joins the team, fine, right? But there needs to be some cats in that locker room that look at each other and say, all right, there needs to be some accountability here. The standard is set. What's been the standard is not good enough to be the standard. That's what needs to be said. So if it takes Marcus Peters to say it and make a few people uncomfortable, sometimes that's what you need to do is be a little uncomfortable. I'm all right with that. Coming up in about 28 minutes from now, we'll have reason or excuse. My man Ari will take over the wheels of steel. He's got plenty of good subjects that he wants to bring to the table. We'll decide if it's a reason or excuse. We have more winning on the way. And, of course, we want to hear from you as well at 702-365-9200. The question that I threw out there uh, for you earlier on the show, you can hit up the don'tbebroke.com text line as well, 69187, keyword R&R. What is it that you're seeing or that you think most outlets are seeing on why they're so low on the Raiders and their overall record in 2023? And I use USA Today as a prime example. They put out a graphic. It's been floating around Twitter. I had a couple people hit me up with it. They have the Raiders at 3-14. and 14. The Chiefs and the Broncos both at 10-7. and 7. The Chargers at 7-10. and 10. And I'm glad I mentioned the Chargers. Got a note about them as we get into cover three. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So there's been a lot of conversation about Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert and how great he is. And, you know, the fact is the guy looks the part. The guy has shown he can be the part. We all saw that up close to personal week 18 in 2021 as the Chargers were at Allegiant Stadium and they had that shootout. That was fantastic, awesome. Lil John performing, right? The Raiders win that game, and there's confetti popping, and Raider Nation celebrating, turned down for what? But Justin Herbert put up a hell of a performance in that. We also seen Justin Herbert on the, on the wrong side of things. If you remember the playoffs last year against the Jaguars, they're up 27-0. I don't care what language you speak, 27-0, 27-nada, nothing, zero, Whatever, they, whatever it is, whatever makes you feel comfortable with a goose egg being up on the board, that's what they were up. They were up 27-0 on the Jaguars and lost in the playoffs. So you've seen them on that end of things as well. Well, breaking news in NFL, and, of course, there's a lot of this going on right now where it's that time of year where guys are getting contract extensions or guys are holding out for money. 
The Chargers and quarterback Justin Herbert have agreed to terms on a massive five-year, $262.5 million contract extension uh, coming from Adam Schefter, coming from uh, Ian Rappaport, coming from our friend Ari Mayrov, ranking him the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. One of the most talented passers in the league is staying in L.A. for some years to come, and that's something from Adam Schefter. But I'll say this. As Raider Nation, you very well know, there was a time many moons ago Derek Carr was the highest-paid quarterback in the league. Now, it only lasted for about 12 minutes, you know, and then he was passed up by, I believe, Matt Stafford. But when you get the contract, when you get the money, you also get the expectations, the standard. What we started uh, uh, the, the segment talking about, the standard, the standard is raised. The expectation, the bar, it's all raised. Now you're a $262.5 million man. So guess what? They want to see $262.5 million worth of of production, meaning playoffs, deep playoff run, and eventually hoisting a Lombardi. So now all of a sudden, the pressure that was already on the Chargers when it came to Brandon Staley and his job, is he going to be able to hold it down this year? Kellen Moore, the new offensive coordinator, get the most out of Justin Herbert. All of a sudden, that has been raised. That bar has been raised. It's like, yeah, guys, there was pressure. <laughs> but now there's really pressure when you give the quarterback five years $262.5 million. And again, I don't think it's something that he hasn't earned. I do believe he could achieve the goals that are in front of him. But, like I used to always say, act like I'm from Missouri and show me. Show me, man. Show me, right? That's what he has to do now. Once you get that, that bag, you've got to show why you got it. So there you go. First piece of news right there. Cover three NFL news and notes of the day. Of course, that's going to make a domino effect. We saw Jalen Jalen Hurts get paid. Now we've seen Justin Herbert get paid. That means there's a guy in Cincinnati named uh, Joe Burrow who's about to get paid. Right? I mean, it's just a, it's a trickle-down effect. Uh, if you got that guy and you know that his contract's coming up, the next dude's going to get paid a massive amount of money. So congratulations to Justin Herbert getting that big deal. Not mad at him at all. I'm not mad at any player that gets his deal. It just shows you, again, going back to what we've been talking about quite a bit for the past few weeks here on Radio Nation Radio 920, it is a passing league. If you have one, that guy's going to get paid. If you have a guy that totes the rock and is the engine of your team and touches the ball 393 times either by way of carrying it or catching passes, eh, not so much, right? He's devalued. But the quarterback, supply and demand, there's not a lot of them that are elite. And the elite ones get the elite money. Justin Herbert. He got the elite money. Speaking of running backs, Saquon Barkley, he gets his one-year franchise tag deal sweetened, something that uh, I didn't think was going to happen quick, fast, and a hurry as the running backs had their summit over the weekend by way of Zoom. Nick Chubb was there. Saquon Barkley was part of it. Derrick Henry was part of it. Christian McCaffrey was part of it. Josh Jacobs was there. Everyone was there, and they were trying to band together. They wanted to band together. And you know what's funny is we uh, I, I talked to Ryan Clark about this just yesterday on ESPN. And, Ari, if you got that RC sound, uh, let's go ahead and, and get that ready. Let me know when you have that available. I talked about the, the running back summit and what he thought okay hey is this good thing uh, are they about to make some moves are they banding together you know it just it looked it looked the part and rc brought up a really good point and as a matter of fact he tweeted out first and then we'll get to the sound i love that the running backs are communicating about the state of their pay scale but i hope it's not just sports complaining in order to force any change in their current predicament they need to be fearless daring but most of all 
unselfish. And so I asked RC what he thought about that running back summit. This was his thoughts. Well, I think it's it's cool that they are trying to band together, but this is what the NFL PA was created for. The NFL PA was created to get the players under under the union to learn to stick together. Just think about the history of strikes, the history of lockouts. We've always had somebody cross the picket line, right? We've never been able to remain in solidarity. And if anything's going to happen with this running back position and the situation they find themselves in contractually, then they're going to need to stick together. But that's difficult when you start thinking about that next paycheck. That's difficult when you start thinking about your next opportunity to play ball. And so if Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley decide this year that they're going to sit in, right, or hold in, as in go into the building, practice, or even be in the building daily, but decide to not play, then that means the next group of running backs have to do the same thing until the league gets to a point on understanding where they realize these dudes will not play under these conditions. But if every player in that predicament predicament doesn't do that, then it has no effect on the league. And when you look at guys like Isaiah Pacheco and Damian Pierce last year, drafted in the fourth round, drafted late in the sixth or the seventh round, be able to be not only contributors but bell cows for their teams, is going to lead to teams continuing to think that they can get a very good replacement, whether mid-draft or late-draft, and still win games, as we saw the Kansas City Chiefs do, because they had Patrick Mahomes, and that's the reason he got a half a billy on his contract. So Ryan Clark right there from ESPN talking about the running backs and the way that they all came together on the Zoom call and looking for solidarity, and they've all got to do it. They've all got to stick together. And Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs, obviously those are the big dogs. Well, that didn't quite happen. And you know what's funny is it actually played out the exact way that the Hall of Famer, Shereen Williams, who joined our show last week, said it was going to play out when I asked her the question about the running backs. You've been covering the league for a long time. Do you think that there's any chance that this turns into a situation where these guys aren't ready to play week one and start missing game checks? Well, what people tend to forget, and like Saquon came out this week again and said, I may not be there for the start of the season. I may just sit out. Well, what people forget is they, can, they can't negotiate a long-term contract. They can tweak the one-year franchise tag. So that's more than likely what you're going to see with Josh Jacobs and with Saquon Barkley, they're going to tweak that contract, give them a little juice in there, and then say, we promise not to franchise tag you again after this year. And that will get the player to training camp or the start of the season or or whenever they decide to do that. But I, I tend to believe that both of these teams will do that and both of these players will show up probably sooner than later, maybe not right at the start of training camp because it's pretty close here, but at, at least fairly early in training camp. I think you're going to see those guys in training camp with, with the, the promise uh, that they're not going to get franchise tagged again next year. Because, you know, it. it's just not, it's not in the players' best interest to sit out. We saw that with Le'Veon Bell. It's not in the team's best interest to have the player sit out. It's not like they can... As long, unless they rescind the tag, it's not like they can use that $10 million on somebody else. And it's a, it, he's a valuable member of your team. There's a reason you put the tag on him. So they'll come together, I think, both sides on both teams, and they'll get something done that, that gets those guys in there for at least the start of the season. 
That was the Hall of Famer, Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk. Known her for a very long time. That's what she said was going to happen. And she said that last week when she was on this very show, Unnecessary Roughness. She talked about that juice being added to the franchise tag, something I wasn't aware, and I have no problem admitting it, was not aware that they could do. But, again, she's the Hall of Famer for a reason. So today what happened? Saquon Barkley got that juice. One-year contract with the Giants now, as it sits, is really closer to a $13.2 million contract uh, after the signing bonus that he got, the $2 million signing bonus, plus the incentives that he could potentially hit. Not saying he's going to hit those because those are very hard incentives, but he basically now has an opportunity to get about $13.2 million as opposed to the $10.1 million that the franchise tag is on. But that's exactly what the G-Men did because they wanted to have Saquon Barkley. They wanted to have him in camp. And Saquon Barkley, all that barking he was doing, saying that he might be sitting out, he might have to do this, that, and the other, he was the first one to sign and be like, all right, I'm back, I'm good. Right, two extra million dollars and about nine hundred thousand dollars in incentives. Cool, that'll get it done. So basically, the way it's broken down, and this is according to my guy Michael Janetti from Spotrack.com, eight point oh nine million dollar base salary, two million dollar signing bonus, three hundred three hundred thousand dollars for each thirteen hundred fifty yards plus play, playoff berth, plus sixty five receptions, plus playoff berth. Uh, so there you go. So there it is, uh, three hundred three thousand dollars for each one of these incentives, thirteen hundred fifty rushing yards, plus playoff berth. 65 receptions and the playoff berth, 11 total touchdowns, still with the playoff berth. Base salary will be that $10.09 million, which is the which is the franchise tag, maximum $11 million. If Barkley maxes out his restructured deal in 2023, he'll earn $11 million. That increase his franchise tag value for 2024 up to 13.2 or $24.2 million payout over two years. So uh, you can get 11. You can also get 13 with the signing bonus that he has. So that's really – all it is. It wasn't a whole lot to it, but that was what they did to get Saquon Barkley in. And I believe that the Raiders could do and should do the exact same thing. I think they should do the exact same thing for Josh Jacobs. I'm not saying they have to do it today. I'm not saying they have to do it tomorrow, right? Because I don't believe he needs all the training camp to be able to get it done. But it would be something that, in I think, personally, it'd be in their best interest if they were to do. So Saquon Barkley, he's in camp on time for the G-Men. How about Trayvon Diggs? Of course, Zach Martin, their, their all-pro guard on their offensive line for the Cowboys, he's not happy with his contract right now. But one guy that is happy is uh, Trayvon Diggs, their cornerback. He was a guy that was selected in the second round in 2020, number 51 overall. The Cowboys and two-time Pro Bowler cornerback Trayvon Diggs finalized a five-year, $97 million contract extension. He already has 17 career interceptions and is only 24 years old. So if you look at his contract, and then, of course, there's incentives with him, too. His deal is actually worth up to $104 million, signing bonus of $21.25 million, which I'm sure a running back like Josh Jacobs is like, damn, signing bonus, $21.25 million. Team's first proactive extension since 2019, which was Zeke Elliott, and it's a, it's a done deal right there for Trayvon Diggs. So a uh, big deal for him. He's been a hell of a player since he's joined the league. His rookie year, he came up with a, a lot of turnovers but he got burned a lot, he's continued to get better and better and better each and every year where he's really turned down uh, his bad plays, his bad angles that he took or the, the bait that he fell for. He is making it happen. So uh, I think that that's a, a really big deal that he signed that deal. And, and again, a second-round pick. He's already has 17 career interceptions, is only 24 years old. Here's one more note on Justin Herbert's five-year deal. Includes $133.7 million fully guaranteed, $193.7 million 
of the injury guarantee and spring it potentially the $218.7 million guaranteed. So there's a little bit more little uh, added, added uh, I guess, um, incentives or, or details in the contract for one uh, Justin Herbert. But uh, Trayvon Diggs also got paid today. And uh, there's going to be a few more contracts that get rolled out as training camp gets underway because that's just kind of how it is. But that's all I got for you for Cover 3 NFL News and Notes today. Really wanted to focus in on the running back position when it comes to Saquon Barkley. Let you hear from Shereen Williams who said that what happened with Barkley was most likely going to happen. And again, I believe it's something that, as she mentioned, will happen with Josh Jacobs as well to get him into camp. It makes all the sense in the world. Jim from Yonkers said on the don'tbebroke.com text line, why don't the why don't the, the Raiders do what the Giants just did? Give Jacobs more. Guess it makes too much sense. Thank you. No, I, I think you're right, Jim. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Again, it makes all the sense in the world. 4:16 is the time. Uh, let's. I wanted to play a couple more sound bites real quick from head coach Josh McDaniels. That's all I got for Cover Three. But we'll kind of extend the Cover Three with a few more sound bites real quick from his press conference that we had earlier today. And the first one. And this is a question that Adam Hill had asked uh, Josh McDaniels, and, and we mentioned it to Adam Hill when he joined the show around 2.30 earlier today in the first hour, was just really measuring himself year to year. Well, obviously I can't speak for anything that happened in the meeting. Um, I also, um, it, it, again, measuring them at this point is hard, you know, because all we've done is go through eight practices and shorts. Um, so that, but I right, think that, that was not the, 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 the soundbite that we wanted. Uh, you want to play the Josh Jacobs one? Because that's what, that's what that one was. All right, let's go to the Josh Jacobs one. That's all right. We're just on the fly producing. That's how we do sometimes. Uh, this, is the, this is Josh McDaniels talking about that running back summit. And I guess that's appropriate. I, I understand why you went there, Ari, because that's appropriate since we were just talking about the running back position, Saquon, Josh Jacobs. So uh, here's Josh McDaniels after being asked about the, uh, the, the running back situation and Josh Jacobs in particular. Well, obviously I can't speak for anything that happened in the meeting. Um, I, obviously I wasn't privy to any of that. Um, but look, I respect every player's right to try to do what's best for them. Um, that's why, you know, the league is what it is in terms of value and uh, contracts. And, you know, those things are, are personal. Um, we all have to go through them. I understand it. I've said it, you know, multiple times this spring. Um, I respect um, him uh, tremendously. Um, have a great deal of respect for him as a player, as a person what he did for our team last year and and um, you know I look forward to seeing him you know when he whenever he you know whenever he is here um, and I respect that process too you know it's his decision to make and um, you know I know they all have to do what they think is best for them you know and and that's uh, like I said we all have to do those things in our lives and um, I have a great deal of respect for him. Josh McDaniels right there talking about the respect for Josh Jacobs. He looks forward to coaching him up when he's there, and I, I don't doubt that at all. I, I know how much Josh McDaniels really appreciates Josh Jacobs, and unfortunately it's just the nature of the beast. The appreciation is not shown in the dollars and cents right now. It's just, it's just not there, and they're not where they need to be. And obviously Josh Jacobs and his representation didn't think that the offer that the Raiders gave was one that was a, a quality offer, so they decided not to sign it, as you heard Josh McDaniels mention. So something's got to give at some point. And, again, similar to what happened with Saquon Barkley is what I think will happen with Josh Jacobs. So, uh, obviously, everyone wants to know about the, the guys that aren't participating tomorrow, Tyree Wilson and also Byron Young. Uh, not a whole lot. Very short and sweet from head coach Josh McDaniels, as I expected it would be whenever you ask about the timeline on a return. But here's the timeline, or if there is a timeline for Tyree Wilson. Um, no timeline, um, but it's it's getting it's get you know he's headed in the right direction, no question about it. Um, excited about that, um, and this is again 
just the process that we expected based on what was, you know, uh, what was happening at the time we drafted him. So, um, you know, we knew that there was going to be a rehabilitation process and then there's going to be a reacclimation phase here. So um, he's doing a great job of everything that uh, he's doing right now. And, you know, you know, once he's ready to roll, then we'll, you know, re-enter him into practice the right way and then, you know, get him ready to go for the regular season. So there's Josh McDaniels on Tyree Wilson. And, again, it sounds like it's nothing that they didn't expect. Um, I don't think that it was a big surprise when he was put on the NFI list. Uh, obviously, that means that it happened not in the while he was in the part of the National Football League. And we know that he ended his last year at Texas Tech because of the foot injury and the ultimate surgery that he had. So I don't think there was a big surprise there. There was a big surprise, at least from my point of view, with third-round pick Byron Young. So, again, Coach McDaniels was asked about the timeline for Byron Young. Um, just, you know, again, no timeline, but, um, he'll, he's doing everything the right way. And, you know, hopefully, like I said, hopefully he'll be out there soon enough. Didn't sound too confident with that one. Not going to lie. Didn't sound too confident with that one. Uh, obviously we don't know the extent of the injury, whatever it was, uh, but he's on the pup list. So it happened at some point between OTAs, mandatory minicamp, whatever the case may be, something happened with Byron Young and he's not going to be available starting tomorrow. I don't know how long it's going to linger. Uh, obviously it's something that we'll pay attention to throughout the course of training camp. Is it going to be a week? Is it going to be a couple weeks? Is, I mean, what's, what is it going to be? So there's going to be a certain point where they've got to make a decision to take him off the pup list or not. So that will be when it gets interesting. But look, that's, it's, it's very early. So I don't want to go that far down this rabbit hole because it could be something that uh, he bounces back from quicker rather than later. But uh, I just – I don't know, man. It just seems like – and you can hear from that answer. And, look, Ari, let's run it one more time. Uh, the, the timeline, or if there is a timeline of Byron Young, it just you hear the hesitation and kind of the not sure of what to say when it comes to, uh, to what Josh McDaniels thinks about Byron Young and the timeline for his return. And we don't have it. We do have it. Okay, go. No, we don't. Okay, never mind. <laughs> that's okay. No problem. No, no worries. It was only nine seconds anyway. Uh, that's fine. Not a problem. Not a, look. It's all good. Don't don't worry about. It. Don't don't keep looking for it. Let's just go to Mitch in New Jersey. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Mitch, what's on your mind? Hey, what's happening, uh, Q? Tell it, um, man. Yeah, some uh, bad news. Uh, I tell you, I wonder if uh, Jacob Jacob is going to be. I guess these running backs should take a stand. I mean, Saquon and Barkley signed his contract, and they're really getting stiff, especially compared to other uh, positions. You got Austin Eckler. I think he's caved in. I wonder if, if Jacobs uh, doesn't cave in. Is it time to get another running back to shade a low with Zara White? And the thing with um, Ronnie James, that, that was uh, it was it, it's appalling um, to have a, a cardiac arrest. I mean, him and Collie were going to be, and Collie's going to be a top a number one pick, I think, from USC. And him, him and Bronny, USC was looking to have a good year. Right. No doubt. Mitch, thanks for the call. I do appreciate you. We'll start with Bronny. Yeah, I mean, I haven't mentioned uh, Bronny yet, but that, that was a big deal. That was a super big surprise when I saw that. Obviously, not a good surprise. That was awful when I saw, uh, you know, that Bronny James had uh, collapsed on, a, on the court yesterday uh, as, at USC's practice and, and had cardiac arrest. He was in ICU for a while, and apparently he's not in ICU now. So uh, hopefully all prayers up to him and his family, hoping that the, they're doing all right. I mean, I can only imagine how traumatic that would be to – you know, know that your your son at a very young age and is a healthy, 
young man from everything that we see from the outside uh, went through that. So that's definitely something traumatic, and no no parent should ever have to go through anything like that. And uh, it's it's not easy. And, of course, you don't want a young man to have to go through that either. So prayers up to Bronny and pr- prayers up to the James family, uh, and hopefully everything he's able to get through everything with no kind of problems. As far as Josh Jacobs goes, I don't think that they'll be – I don't think that there'll be some issue. I think at some point he'll definitely sign that deal. Uh, Again, $10 million is a lot of money to leave on the table, uh, especially when the Raiders will probably give him a little bit of juice, just like the Giants gave Saquon Barkley. I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow, but I do believe that something like that could happen. Right. And, and even Josh McDaniels and I didn't pull that sound because it's just it's kind of you know repetitive. But he even mentioned that, you know, anything could happen at any time. So I do believe something similar to that. I know uh, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN said, you know, something similar to Saquon. He's like, well, I mean, anything could happen. Right. And so it wasn't it wasn't anything like earth shattering for us to play the sound. But, uh, yeah, I just I think that that something like that's going to probably happen sooner rather than later. So we'll see. We'll see, you know, what's what's going on and, and when any movement happens. But obviously, as of right now, we know he's not in Las Vegas. Uh, Tom Pelissero let it be known on Twitter yesterday that he was leaving. He was spotted at the Las Vegas airport, uh, at, 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 the, at the airport leaving Las Vegas, so he's not in town. But that doesn't mean he can't return, <laughs> right? I mean, it's nothing to get on a, on a plane and, and come back. Uh, if all of a sudden, you you know, the agent and the Raiders come to some kind of understanding or whatever the case may be, and they decide they want to get something done and get Josh Jacobs to camp. So uh, we'll see. We'll see where it goes from here. But I'm sure sooner rather than later, something like that will take place. So many thanks, Mitch, for your call. We do appreciate you. How about we give out some winning one more time, man? 702-365-9200. Let's do it again, man. We have my guy Tom. He was caller number nine earlier. He got registered for the Lotus Summer of Fun, uh, the four – the four-day trip to Orlando's Disney World, Orlando Universal Studios, plus a tour of the Kennedy Space Center, or you can take the cash, $3,000 cash. But the first step is getting four tickets to an Aviators game. So we're going to get you registered for those tickets right now. You're not going to win those tickets right now, but you're going to get registered, and that's the first step. Four tickets to the Aviators. We want to get you in to win that. 702-365-9200. you got to be calling number nine right now on Radio Nation Radio 920. <laughs> Jacobs gets a block from Johnson at the 30. Cuts back inside, stiff arm. 25-20. Jacobs off to the races. Five touchdown Raiders. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Got to give big ups to my guy, Jason. Just got registered for four tickets to the Aviators game. More importantly, he's one step closer in the Lotus Summer of Fun. Four-day trip to Orlando's Disney World, Orlando Universal Studios, plus a tour of the Kennedy Space Center. You could take the trip or you could take the cash. $3,000 cold, hard cash. So shout-out to my man Jason. Shout-out to my man Tom. Both winners today on Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Got my man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio this afternoon. Ari, in a matter of minutes, we're going to be jumping into reason or excuse. He's got a bunch of different uh, topics that he wants to throw at me, and uh, I'll decide if it's reason or excuse. And, of course, Raider Nation, you're always uh, welcome to chime in as well. 69187, keyword R&R. That is the Text line. Shout-out to the DLC. We've had a lot of different subjects that we've talked about, uh, really kind of focused in on the one about why – and what are you seeing and what are major outlets seeing that they have the Raiders, what they believe the Raiders are so low uh, for their win total this upcoming season where a lot of outlets, including USA Today, have them at three wins, just about the worst team in the NFL. This all comes from a question that we had earlier today. Uh, matter of fact, my guy Steve from Chicago actually called my, my podcast voicemail line, the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, and threw the question out there. As a matter of fact, Ari, if you've got that, uh, that soundbite from Steve, let me know. If you don't, then uh, – 
uh, we will just go ahead and move on. All right, we do. Here's the call from Steve uh, that we played earlier in the show. What's up, Q? This is Steven from Chicago, born and raised in Bakersfield, but live in Chicago the last decade. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Listen, I just want to talk about that everywhere else I listen to, all they're doing is bashing the Raiders. My fantasy football podcast, my other football podcast, they're all saying that the Raiders are going to be one of the worst teams out there, and I don't get it. Because when I look at them, we, we were close in almost every single game last year. We have a pretty elite offensive play caller and some of the best players in the league. I don't get why people are saying we'll be one of the worst teams. What am I missing? Thank you for everything that you do, and I, and I appreciate you every day. Take care. There he goes. That's my guy Steve is in Chicago, uh, but also by way of Bakersfield. He was born and raised in Bakersfield, California, the 661. So that's where the whole subject came from, of uh, basically what Steve had to say. And then I saw from USA Today they had the Raiders at 3-14. and 14, They had the Colts at 4-13. and 13, They had the Cardinals at 2-15. and 15. And so I do believe that the Raiders, I, I know that they have a large window. There is. Don't get me wrong. Oh, by the way, they had the team that just signed the quarterback to a $260-something million contract sitting there at 7-10. and 10. So that's nothing to, to go home and praise, you know, be all super excited about. Hey, we just signed the quarterback. Five years, 200-something million dollars, 260-something million dollars, won seven games. Yay. I mean, that's not very good for them either, right? So there's that. But I do believe the Raiders are much better than the three-win team, right? And, of course, that's only one outlet. But I just asked the question. And I ask it to you. I feel like that there's a, a lot of reasons why t, uh, the outlets and, and, and national media are down on the Raiders because, you know, they have a lot of questions according to, the, you know, the, the health of the quarterback and uh, the defense coming together. But I wanted to get your thoughts on it. And Harv's from Modesto, he said, I think they're looking at the Raiders with no Josh Jacobs. Our quarterback hasn't played one snap with the Raiders yet. The defense has a lot of questions still. It just looks like a bunch, uh, a bunch, puzzle, piece, a bunch of puzzle pieces from different puzzles scattered around. I personally believe those pieces will form a puzzle and be a middle-of-the-pack team or better, second in our division, and hopefully uh, a top-10 team in 2024. That's from Harves from Modesto. And, you know, John McClain joined us earlier. He joined us around 3 o'clock to start the second hour of the show, and he said, look, they could be the worst team in the division. It could be, they could be the second-best team in the division. It really depends on how things go, and that's kind of where I'm at with the Raiders. Like, I'm not going to come up here and blow smoke up your backside and tell you, all oh, this is a playoff team, right? I thought that they were a playoff team a year ago. Not going to lie to you. That's what I thought. They weren't. They won six games. I'm not going to say that they're a playoff team. I'm also not going to say they're the worst team in the league. I feel like that there's a window, and it's a large window, where you could be right, right? They could be, as far as I'm concerned, a, maybe a five-win team, and they could be a 10-win team. Uh, a lot of things have to go right for them to be that 10-11 win team, but it's not saying that they can't. And I do think that their offense has a chance to be elite, but the defense has to come together, and it's got to help them out. It's got to uh, be able to complement what the offense does. So i uh, love to hear from you. Again, 69187, keyword R&R, and also 702-365-9200. Uh, let's see. We got this one from El Paso Raider. Hopefully the players in the locker room are listening. On paper, uh, worst roster, LOL. The reason why everyone has them that low is because it's called East Coast Media, uh, BSPN. All they do is get rid of players that were not good uh, – we're not – wait, we're – okay. Don't know what that said. This team is going to surprise even us fans. Let's go, El Paso Raider. I missed one little line there, but that's just because it didn't make sense. I, I think that that was a, a voice to text, but that's okay. I get the g gist of it. And I'll say this. The one thing uh, I can confirm is I don't really know if it's uh, uh, East Coast bias, if it's the right way to say it, but I know ESPN is – now that I do so many national ESPN shows, including tonight – 
uh, Freddie and Fitzsimmons from 6 to 10 p.m., there's a, there's a focus on the East Coast. Let's put it like that. There's a focus on the East Coast teams because, well, I mean, they're there. And New York, right? So, of course, there's a lot of Giants talk. There's a ton of Jets talk. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just kind of what it is. Obviously, the Patriots are going to get to talk. Uh, every, everyone in the East is going to get that. You know, even during like the basketball season, there's so much Knicks talk and so much Brooklyn talk, and that's just kind of what it is. But it takes guys like me, and when Jason Fitz was part of ESPN, uh, you know, it takes guys like us that are stationed in the West Coast or have eyes on the West Coast to be able to bring that West Coast conversation. So uh, hopefully more guys like me, and I'm not, you know, trying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying that if more people like me that are on the West Coast have that West Coast focus and flavor that we could bring that to the table and that conversation could be there as well. Now, there are teams like the Chargers that are going to get love. There's teams like the Niners that are going to get love because that's just kind of what they do. But, you know, they're in L.A. The Rams get love except for they know that this year the Rams aren't going to be a very good team. It's just the reality of it. So uh, there's that. But, uh, yeah, there you go. That's uh, El Paso Raider on the don'tbebroke.com text line. Thank you so much for that. You can keep those texts coming at 69187, keyword R&R. Now, uh, as promised, it is time for reason or excuse. It's time for reason or excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. All right. I, I like it. All right. You ready? Yes, sir. Are you All ready? Right. I've been ready. Let's get it. Uh, I'm going to skip over to this since we're talking about the Raiders in uh, such fashion. Raiders win totals. This is uh, this is a various different numbers, but we're going to focus on the 7.5 number that's floating around Vegas for win totals. So, all right, Jimmy is in. We know that now. Yep. Marcus Peters joins the team. We got Max, Devontae, Daniel Carlson, AJ Cole. Are those reasons to take the over? Because, uh, frankly, 7.5, looking at it objectively, is is kind of a low number generally, maybe not for the Raiders, but generally. Is that uh, the reason, or is it, quote, this team can't win more than seven games without Josh Jacobs, because that might be a possibility, an excuse. And I'll throw one other thing in for the excuse, to take the under. Uh, you use the phrase, the unknown, which I totally agree with, but I'll ask you this. Now that some of these things are starting to kind of come out, is that going to be a reason or excuse down the line. Like, let's say we're in week four. You know, we know what's going on. We know how Jimmy G's performing, right. et cetera. Uh, is this still the unknown? Is this still all, you know, excuses? Or do we have some reasons here to actually think that the Raiders can't win seven games? We'll call it seven. Well, I think the unknown is a reason, but I also think that, you know, the reasons can come to fruition at some point, right? The, the unknown is, can the quarterback stay healthy? Well, we'll find out throughout the course of the year. Week four doesn't mean he can't get hurt in week eight. Right, I mean, it's just it's just the reality of it. So that's that's an unknown. The defense now, I think that that is something that we'll know pretty pretty quick. I think if they're not coming together by week four or five, it's just not going to come together. Right, it kind of is what it is, and that doesn't mean that they won't get better. We've seen teams get better down the stretch. It's not really about what you do in September and October. It's what you do in November, December, and now January. But I think that you'll have a better idea and understanding of what this defense is going to be about a month, a month and a half into it. Really, that's basically when the preseason would be over. Or, as, you know, the first four games is kind of considered the preseason. Now, as far as, you know, Max Crosby and, and having the guys that they have, and, you know, is that a, a reason or excuse to say that, you know, they can't win more than seven and a half because they don't have enough of those, those type guys or they don't have Josh Jacobs? I mean, I think that that's an excuse, right? I think that, I think that the, the Raiders can win more than seven and a half games well you know obviously eight uh they they can they could definitely top that as many people pointed out they were in a bunch of games last year they just lost them but there was also a bunch of different players as well again they can get hot 
they can get hot and, and they can start to come together and Jimmy G could be clicking with his team and Jacobs could be running or Zamir White could be running or whatever the case may be and doing some really good things. And the defense could be complimentary. So, I mean, it's kind of one of those, it's, it's tough to just call it a reason or an excuse. Uh, I think there's a couple reasons there that could be used as excuses. But I'll, I'll just go ahead and ride with the with excuse if Josh Jacobs isn't there, why they can't go over seven and a half. And I'll say reason as far as the unknown. All right. And uh, I'm going to throw in one other thing. That's that, oh, here you the, go. The three to three and fourteen record that the USA Today has it. That that I'm going to take as like that's all just like there's excuses for that. There's no reason to me. There's no reason for them to be a three and winning. fourteen team. Absolutely, no, 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 nothing I just no, listed. There's no reason that. that I could tell you right now why they would be three and fourteen. No exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah. So now I mean something catastrophic can happen, and it's football, so you never know. You know, like they have the Cardinals scheduled to, to win two games. <laughs> Kyler Murray, their starting quarterback, is out. He's going to be out for who knows how long. He also, They also got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. They also have a disgruntled Buda Baker. They also have a brand-new head coach. They also have – you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of – you want to talk about unknown. Right. The Cardinals have a bunch of unknown. Plus, on top of that, I don't really think they care this year. I think that they don't mind being 2-15 and 15 and having an opportunity to go get Caleb Williams or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be or or using that uh, – dangling that, that draft pick out for a team that's desperate for a quarterback and going to try to rebuild their team that way. So uh, there's a lot of reasons why the Cardinals could be 2-15. and 15. Uh, I don't – honestly, I don't think any team should be that bad ever. So that's really a bunch of excuses. Yeah, agreed. All right, uh, on to uh, the running backs. We're just going to keep talking about this because it's hot. Uh, our buddy Caleb Herring over, he's the color analyst for UNLV and former uh, former Rebel quarterback. He uh, tweeted, he actually re- quote tweeted uh, RG3's tweet, which is, quote, Saquon is the heart and soul of the Giants offense. If he hits all the incentives in his deal, he'll make $29 million less per year than his quarterback, Daniel Jones. Who got paid this season off the back of Saquon? Caleb, a quarterback as well, this is ironic. He's saying, don't do this. Daniel, D- Daniel Jones... Got paid based on the quarterback market. Saquon is getting paid based on the arm on the running back market. Uh, it's disrespectful to Jones to pretend he hasn't earned his keep. Uh, I mean, is that simply put? Is is just the markets being two different positions? Is that a reason, or can we actually make an excuse for you know Daniel Jones making twenty nine million? Ar- look, RG three is not wrong that Daniel Jones really got paid because of the efforts of Saquon Barkley and others. I don't want to just say it was one guy, but Saquon Barkley carried a lot of the load. And before this season, everyone thought that Daniel Jones was a bust. Daniel Jones might have thought he was a bust before this year, right? But Brian Dayball went in there and did a hell of a job as a first-year head coach with the Giants and got Saquon Barkley, put him in position, and he obviously went out there and performed. He also was healthy, right? There's been a long time since he's been healthy. He's, he's had, he has injury history. Josh Jacobs does not. But with that being said, the, the running back market is exactly that. So when Caleb says that, hey, Saquon's getting paid off the market, he's absolutely right. Just like we see Justin Herbert. He got paid off the market for quarterbacks. He hasn't won a playoff game. <laughs> he hasn't won a playoff game, and he just got paid like a Super Bowl champ. He hasn't earned it in that sense, but he's paid off the market. So, again, like I say all the time, I never begrudge anybody for getting as much as they want. And if at some point someone came away and said, you know what, that radio guy deserves this much money, and I think that, you know what, it's probably more money than I, I deserve, I'm still going to take it, right? Because if that's your market and that's your value, no matter what it is, you still take it. That's just kind of what it is. It sucks. There's no doubt about it. You know, it's a team game, and Saquon did a lot of the heavy lifting, and Daniel Jones got rewarded, and Saquon didn't. 
So, I mean, it just, it, it, you know, it, it sucks to say it is what it is, but that's what it is right now. And a guy like Josh Jacobs is at home waiting to get rewarded for the heavy lifting he did last year. But as John McClain said, he did a ton of heavy lifting. He led the league in rushing. They won six games. Hmm. Yep. That is what it is. It's unfortunately, it, it really is true. Like that. Goes- so it's a reason. It's not an excuse. Yeah. Okay. Dig it. All right. One more over to some NBA. This is uh, an interesting one. Uh, I got a tweet. Kobe would have, <laughs> Kobe would have at least six rings if David Stern didn't veto the Chris Paul trade. I think Kobe. This is just my opinion. Kobe being the, the fierce competitor he is, that's an excuse. Like I don't think I think he's rolling in his grave hearing this because I know he's listening right now. Uh, do you look at that simply as an excuse or a reason? Like, could he have actually done that if he well, had Chris Paul? I'll say this. I think that David Stern, what he did to that Chris Paul trade, I think that was criminal. But just because you have the stars and just because you have the talented players don't mean that you're going to go win a ring, right? There's a lot that has to go right. Look, he could have won a ring with Gary Payton and Carl Malone. He didn't. Right? I mean, and that was a team that was a hell of a team. I just knew GP was going to get his ring there. He had to go all the way to Miami to get a ring. So where I think that David Stern was way out of pocket for overriding that uh, that trade and vetoing that trade, uh, it's just an excuse. Because, again, we don't know. There's been many super teams put together. Let's all go back to 2011, the Miami Heat, their first year. Right? The Heatles, they were going to win not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Not six, not seven. You know, they were going to win all those championships the first year together. What happened? Dirk Nowitzki and company said, not today. We're going to take this. And they did. They humbled that super team. Right? In 2011, they got it done. So just because you have a super team doesn't mean that that super team is going to win a championship each and every year. There's teams like the Suns who thought that they were going to get it done this year with Chris Paul, with Kevin Durant, with Devin Booker. They didn't. The Denver Nuggets got it done with Jamal Murray and the Joker. <laughs> and, a, and a really good cast of characters around them with Aaron Gordon and company. Right? There's other teams that feel like they got it done. Brooklyn was going to get it done with Kyrie and James and KD. That didn't last but a quick second. Other t- I, mean, I can go on and on and on. There's been plenty of teams that feel like they're going to get it done because they have three or four stars. That doesn't necessarily pan out. Now, the Warriors made it work when they had KD. They had a hell of a squad until he got injured. Right when he got injured against Toronto, it was a wrap. But they, you know, he doesn't tear his his Achilles. They probably win that one too. Don't want to take anything from Toronto, but they probably get it done because they were that stinking good. So I, I would say, and I think that Kobe would say that's an excuse too, because mm-hmm. the Mamba was that dude. He was that dude where he'd take any challenge. And you know, I'll tell you one guy who doesn't get enough respect. I think around NBA conversations, everyone always talks about great, you know, number two guys and and compliments to the star. I don't think Pau Gasol gets enough talk. I don't think he gets enough love. When they made that move for Pau Gasol and brought him into the Lakers organization, man, they took off. That was that was who the Mamba needed. He needed Pau Gasol, and they made some magic happen together. So I, I'd like to I'd like to give him a lot of props. He uh, to me is a dude that that like I said doesn't get enough love. Should get more love because he helped Kobe uh, and, and the Lakers win a couple rings. And, and obviously that's something that you can't shake a stick at. 4:47 is the time. Thanks, Ari, for that. We definitely appreciate you. We'll come back. We'll close up the show. This is Radio Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Just a few minutes left in today's show. Tomorrow morning we'll be out at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ at 8.30. For Raiders practice, first day of practice for training camp. 
8.30 to 10.30. Then we'll talk to multiple players in the media room following that practice. And, of course, uh, we'll have another show for you, 2 to 5 p.m., Unnecessary Roughness. I'm sure there will be some sound from the from uh, the media session, depending on what players we talk to. I'm sure we'll have some of that on the show tomorrow. Also, you'll probably hear some of the sound on JT's show as well. i got a couple text messages I want to get to, plus Ari's got the day of the day, whatever national day that is. Rob in Oakland, always great to hear from Rob. He said, I think there's multiple factors that make outsiders doubt us. One, poor historic performance. Detroit and Cincinnati have improved significantly. Cleveland still stinks, but their quarterback is seen as being more gifted than Jimmy. Two, they don't think we could compete with Kansas City, the Chargers, and Sean Payton. Three, they think Josh McDaniels is flat-out bad head coach. People should listen to LeVar Arrington ranting about McDaniels, like Coach stole LeVar's girl or something. Four, historically poor defenses. We're the only team in the league history to finish with six or less interceptions in back-to-back seasons. And poor defense is more than a two-year issue. We have to play better and win games. They're not going to respect us until they make us. They make them respect us. That's Rob in Oakland and. I mean, that's, uh, that sums it up right there. He had four great points, and that really sums it all up. So, you know, I, I talk about it all the time. A lot of people just, uh, you know, just go to the easy statement. Oh, they just, they just hate the Raiders. It's not that they hate the Raiders. It's just that the Raiders haven't given them a lot of reason to say, okay, this is why they're going to be good. Now, again, I think three wins is very ex- extreme. Like, come on. Like, they're they're, they're going to win more than three games, I do believe. And I think, you know, saying Denver's going to win ten games just because they have Sean Payton, I think that's a little extreme too. Right? I mean, look, I get it, and I know my man Mateo's in the studio listening. As a Bronco fan, I have no problem with that. But I think even if he wants to be honest, he'd tell you that, eh, 10 wins might be a little much in year one. We'll see. But they get that burn. And, look, they get, they get love every year. Last year, Denver was going to be a hell of a team, right? Russell Wilson was going to be the guy. But with that being said, I said that the, the Raiders were going to be the team too, that there was a chance that this was going to be the year someone was going to knock Kansas City off, and it wasn't. Kansas City went on to win the Super Bowl. So until – the Raiders start winning consistently, they're not going to get that kind of love. So that's that's just, I think, that, like I said, I think Robin Oakland, I think he summed that up uh, perfectly. One more quick text uh, from Sir Whiskey Ray Q. Good afternoon, and what a busy sports day. Herbert with the Monster Extension, as well as Barkley signing off on the franchise tag. Also, forget about Nick Bosa now sitting out because he wants an extension. Q, by any chance did you see any highlights uh, from the in uh, the fight with Fulton? No, I didn't, uh, and I don't. I can't, I can't read this name. Look fantastic. Clearly dominated. Uh, not to forget about Bronny. You don't ever want to see anyone, let alone a kid, go through this. Wishing him a speedy recovery. Thanks, as always, Q. Loving today's show, Sir Whiskey Ray. And sorry I missed some of that. I couldn't read what uh, what the name was that you said out there. But, no, I didn't see I didn't see that fight at all. I got to start. I'll, I'll be paying attention to the fight this weekend, Spencer Crawford. Uh, I think that's even a fight that I might buy. So uh, thank you, Sir Whiskey Ray. I appreciate you. And, yeah, it's a very busy sports day uh, across, the, across the country. And so, uh, yeah, so speaking of days – Ari, what days of the day do you have for me? All right, I want to preface this with I oh uh, I X'd out National Hot Fudge Sunday Day because this, wrong is much, Hot Sunday? this is much more important. Nothing's okay. wrong with them, but this okay. is way better. National Hire a Veteran Day. That's what I'm talking Ooh. about. Every day, hundreds of our military personnel leave the service in search of civilian employment. Today reminds employers to consider veterans to fill their open positions as highly trained, qualified individuals. They are ideal for numerous trades. Uh, and how you observe it, simply hire for attitude, train for skill, and do it with a veteran. So please take a moment to honor our men and women of the armed forces. Offering them your time and consideration in the civilian workforce is one of the best ways to do that. 
I was wondering why you overruled Hot Fudge Sunday Day, yeah. but after you said it, National Veterans Day, uh, as far as Hire a Veteran Day, I think that that makes a lot of sense. It's about the only thing that's going to knock that out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that that's awesome, and I agree 100%. You know, show that respect Thanks. to the veterans, man. We need to hire veterans. We need to take care of veterans. We need to give veterans a hug because, well, they're giving us a hug even if you don't know them. That's a great one. It's Radio 920. Good night.